Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, everybody. It is Monday and it is the AT&T Pebble Beach would be a pro-am, but it's not going to be a pro-am this year. Thankfully, I guess for us uh, gamers that like to watch the golf as well, we won't have to deal with the amateurs. It'll be 156 golfers over two different courses, which will be a little different. But, Jeff, we'll get into that in a little bit. We've got a lot to discuss last week, a bunch of action going on around the world of golf. And we got the Bash Brothers, man. They are back. Whether they're bros or not, maybe a, a question that remains to be seen. We certainly knew who they used to be. Seems like they had a big falling out, but it seems like they're both trending towards a, a pretty good direction. Obviously, Dustin Johnson, best player undoubtedly in the world. Four to one this week, Jeff. Bringing in on that note, uh, besides his sniper of a drive that took out somebody or almost killed somebody, uh, what else did you make of Dustin Johnson's start out in Saudi Arabia? I mean, I honestly didn't follow that event too much just because I consider it like the course isn't that good. It's more of just a you get half the guys showing up for money. I mean, there's some obviously players like Justin Rose is taking it pretty serious, a guy who needs a couple good starts to get it back. But so I think Justin Rose is the main thing I take from it. But I don't know. It, it's I mean, Dustin winning is call. great, but it's it's not like a big deal. Right. I mean, OK, Dustin Johnson won a golf tournament. You know, it's it's like him just winning another little PGA event. So, I mean, it, it's good. We get more confirmation that Dustin's the best golf player in the world. But you know, I don't take too much of it. You know, even guys like DeChambeau finishing top 20 there, half of those guys are just over there to collect a paycheck. So I think maybe the biggest thing to take from that one is just, uh, you know, Justin Rose showing a bit of form, maybe keep an eye on it. Yeah. Tony Finau again, of course, second place. We yeah. can't go without saying, talking about that for a half of second. Uh, it's just yet again, a bridesmaid. Speaking of another bridesmaid, we'll talk about Xander Shoffley before we move on, but I want to thank everybody that's joining us here on this Monday afternoon or whenever you're watching this. If you are on playback, thank you for coming. Make sure you like and subscribe. Or if you're going to hate my speed take, you can go and dislike the video too. I'll know exactly what that means here this week. And of course, uh, make sure, again, you subscribe. I come out with videos all the time. Uh, my PGA DFS top fives, we've got Jeff coming out with stuff as well. So make sure you subscribe to our channel before we move on. So let's talk about Xander Shoffley, another bridesmaid. We we talk about Tony Finau in this place a lot. Maybe not Xander Shoffley as much because he kind of got a win in there, but not really. It's really a trend for Xander not being able to close, though. Maybe just as much as Tony Finau. Yeah, 
it's a, it's a really weird stretch for him, right? I mean, you go back to that 2020 tournament champions, he had like a five foot put for birdie to win the event. Like he gets that, you know, we're really not even, we're probably not even talking about it. The dude would have five wins, you know, he'd be, he'd be basically a year without a win, not that big a deal, but now we're kind of over two years without a win kind of thing. It just comes so close so many times. I don't know. I mean, it's a weird, like I said, it's kind of weird with, with Xander. He seems to have really sharpened up like the, the scrambling and the putting. I mean, he, he's doing this at an elite level, like every week, the consistency is really impressive, but he, it does seem like he's taken a bit of a step back with the driver a bit, like on Sunday, especially, I mean, th- this dude used to be really consistent off the tee and it's like, wow. I mean, now you're just spraying it a little bit more. So a little bit of cause for concern there, I'd say, I mean, I think it does show that like, you know, when you get guys like Dustin and Brooks in contention, they're, they're the ones smashing driver, 350 down the fairway when they need it. Whereas, you know, Xander couldn't find that on Sunday. So we'll see if he gets that back, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's such a weird spot for betting Xander, you know, a win is probably coming at some point, but how do you ever take plus 1000 on him, which is probably what he's going to be in the next event. Right. So I don't even know, like, um, especially, especially when he can't close and and listen, you mentioned it was his driver on Sunday, his driver prior to that was pretty good. I mean, he was piping it out there. Listen, he was getting, past quite a bit past speed and speed was pretty long he had some 350 pluses but like you said big time on the back nine when he duck hooked that on set on 14 yeah i mean if he just makes par there and i know he scrambled for bogey but still that caught him and he had to take a unplayable lie you can't be doing that on sunday if you want to win the golf tournament that's the bottom line so the bash brothers are back though um i talked about them a couple of years ago in this game Let's talk about Kepka for a second. He just – he didn't even play all that well. He shot 65, 600. It's a pretty good score. Best score of golfers in the top 10 entering Sunday. But he just took advantage on 17, uh, a really win-defining shot. Loved it. I mean, when I saw – I don't really like Kepka, but you got to admire it. And it's a good lead into our second topic. He said that the fans really propelled him there. And, and obviously, you know, they got behind him when he made uh, that – you know, had an eagle putt on, on 15, obviously – the tap in on 16, I mean, it obviously helped him and look what it did. He won the tournament. Yeah, it's, I mean, first of all, great value for, for people who bet Brooks. I mean, I know I put him up at the Farmers. I, I got it uh, in play on him a bit. I mean, in, in the sprinkle, a little bit of pre-event as well. But, you know, people who really touted him up, I mean, it, it, I just feel like when you get, it's such an important thing. When you get players of that quality dropping in odds, you should just bet them like until they get back up. I mean, 40 to one on Brooks Kepka is insane. Right. So um, well done there, but yeah, I, I think Brooks is, I don't, I don't even know if he's all the way back. I, I think his confidence is definitely going to get a big boost. And I think you, you saw the different psyches there, right. Where maybe Brooks isn't even like a hundred percent, but his psyche on Sunday is I, I'm going to go out and win this. And um, you know, even though I'm far behind um, I don't trust that these players are just going to be able to close it out. Whereas, you know, Shoffley and, and, and obviously had a bit of a different uh, psyche uh, approach. So, and I'm sure Xander will get it, it, it figured out. And again, we, you know, we're not bashing these guys in the chat. Like I said, Xander Shoffley, is, his consistency rate over the last year has been insane. You um, know what? And figure it out. There's definitely a bit of a mental block though, right? There with is. Him right now, Jason, I, I think, I think it's fair to say that. And I think he will get it figured out. I think Xander has figured it out in the past. I think that's where he, he differs a little bit from Finau, right? We're talking about a guy who's got four wins already. Fino's got one. It's the Puerto Rico Open. Xander's won. Xander's won against the lead fields before. So I think Xander will get it figured out. But um, Brooks definitely just showing that that really strong mental psyche again. 
PGA Tour Live is a good subscri- subscription if you enjoy watching golf. And, and they've gotten some good commentators on the last couple of years. They got Trey Wingo on this year, which is great. They got Coachman on who, you know, as uh, my wrestling fans, you guys might know he's from there. He's just a good personality. And he even said, listen, Xander Shoffley might be the best player on tour right now when it, when it comes to consistency. He's just got that winning block. We saw it with Rory McIlroy a lot last year. Sure. Sometimes these guys, they're in contention every single time they tee it up. They just can't win. That's okay. Hard, though. hard to close it out, man. It's the hardest part, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And for DFS purposes, listen, and we're going to get into that. Xander Shuffley was still oh, basically a must-own this week in that in that position, especially going up against Rory and the guy, other guys. He outscored them by 20, 30 points. So still um, definitely a must-own there. So a couple of other things on the fans. Brooks said it really helped him. Jordan Spieth said it really helped him. We saw, obviously, Spieth completely interacting, again, showing why he is one of a, a one of the biggest draws in the game. What do you make of that, though? Is there something that is actually quantifiable there that, hey, listen, when we don't have fans, we shouldn't be rostering these guys, or is that taking it a little too far? Uh, yeah, I don't know about not rostering them, but, like, I think people definitely react different to pressure, right? And, I mean, I think, Spieth, you could probably put more in the Brooks Kepka category of, he doesn't mind interacting with the fans. Um, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't take it negatively. He probably uses it more to, to build on either way. You know, he likes, he, he likes interacting a little bit. He likes, uh, he likes people coming at him, whatever. I, I would definitely put him more in that category, right? We've seen it over his career. So um, yeah, I, I think there's some too. A tiger talked about it too. You know, it, it was hard to, it's hard to, it's hard for them to get up without a little bit of fan interaction. I think it, it does probably lend itself um maybe to, to different personalities a little bit differently. Right. So I think for, for most players having the fans there is a boost, but maybe, maybe a little bit more uh, to other players. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dive too deep into it. It's just too hard a thing to quantify. Like what are you going to start crossing players off because there's no fans at one event and then there's fans the next week. That's just, I don't know. I wouldn't do I'll that. Do but that too. I definitely see the idea that like some, some guys just might come in, they might be playing well, and they just get a little bit of a boost from being fans. I, I, I definitely can see that, and I think it probably happened last week with Brooks. So, Yeah, I think so. maybe even with Spieth a little bit as well. Hey, maybe even a little bit of Rory on Sunday who didn't end up shooting sure. straight under. Maybe I, it, it was like, yeah. hey, listen, I got, I know I got fans watching me today. I'll, I'll continue to try and put on a show. Granted, Cage Lee, 19x value. Steve Stricker, 17 First round leader, Matthew Neesmith, ended up having a pretty good tournament. He was 17, then obviously Kepka. Andrew Putnam out of nowhere, finally broke the miscut streak. 16 value. JT Poston, back-to-back good starts. He was around 16. Carlos Ortiz, another good Sunday from this guy. On yeah. the opposite side of Xander is Carlos Ortiz, and this guy continues to do it. Uh, and then Spieth, Hahn, and Varner. Um, you want to talk about uh, Carlos Ortiz for a second? Because this guy, I think we got to put on the radar, especially when he's under 8K. Yeah, man. I mean, look, Carlos Ortiz, again, if, if you're a little bit, you know, if you haven't been following golf the last five or six years, I mean, this dude won three times on the Corn Ferry Tour in 2014. He got the in, in-season in bump up. I mean, the, at one point, like, we were talking about Carlos Ortiz in the realm of, like, Justin Thomas and guys like that. I mean, up-and-coming young golfers who were about to make an impact. That, that's how talented he looked like he was. And I mean, went through a dip. Um, he, he got his game back. Like, it, it's great for him. I mean, it's 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 very much like you know what what's what we're seeing Spieth go through in terms of like a dip. I mean, obviously the he, he never reached Spieth's height, but it's the same kind of deal. You know, he reached a height and and he he he, he dipped and and now he, it looks like he's really turned around and the confidence is there. And when the confidence like is there with a guy that talented, uh, I think you're going to see 
more from him. So um, I, it's great to see. Like I said, I know Ortiz was a hot name when I first started playing and writing about DFS golf, and he just, it just it just sort of fizzled out. It was really weird, but he's back. Um, very talented player. So I, I love to see it. Um, definitely a guy you got to start taking seriously. Scotty Scheffler uh, came in the uh, outside of the golfers. He wasn't in the top values, but had over 100 points. Wanted to talk about him for a second, as you and I both said, yeah. is all missed cuts are not made equal, and you and I were all over that. Um, probably one of our better calls you'll, you'll see in my uh, breakdown of who I played this week. I, I followed that one. Just thought it was a really good spot for him, even coming off the two missed cuts. He finally found his irons a little bit. So um, let's go over to the top 10 ownership, and this week only one top 10 from the chalk, I'll call it, I guess, uh, but only two missed cuts. So six of six was relatively high, I would call it. I know that sounds weird to say that 8% is high, but it actually is, especially given the fact that, you know, in most GPP contests, 18 to the top 22 or 21% cash. So if you get six of six, um, you know, 8%, it's going to be, it's going to make that tough for cash line, obviously. Had Justin Thomas was the top golfer owned Daniel Berger. He was the one that missed cut there uh, or two missed cuts. I'm sorry. Him and Fowler. Other than that, though, pretty much everybody played pretty well. And, you know, had you gone to Xander over uh, Justin Thomas and the alike, you would have definitely done very well playing the chalk outside of that. That's what a lot of people did. Any, um, any thoughts there to anybody higher on than you expected or pretty, pretty balanced. It seemed pretty balanced to me last week. It was pretty balanced, um, you know, JT getting up there. And I, I think people, you know, rightfully so, giving JT some respect. Um, Rory got up there, actually, you know, not, really nothing surprised me that much, to be honest. Um, you know, Hideki maybe a little bit lower owned. I guess people coming off the course history uh, yep. actually was a pretty good pivot uh, for people not to, to build up Hideki because he was kind of disappointing again. So yep. um, I think people rightfully like starting to realize that course history isn't everything. That's maybe the only like little surprise. I thought Sanjay was going to be higher owned than that. I was a little surprised. I was happy to see him come That's in right, at yep. lower owned because I, I, he was one of my heavily owned players, but I was a little bit surprised at that. I mean, 9,400, this dude's playing pretty well. Um, I really thought he was one of the better values on the board. So I think that was, you know, just the lower ownership. I, I think I expected the spread ownership at the top, but um, really thought Sanjay would get up there. But, but I mean, whatever. He ended nicely. Certainly outperformed Berger at that price range. So I think that was that was the pivot. I guess uh, the chalky Daniel Berger and the uh, the move to Sanjay really paid off. What a brutal miscut for Berger, uh, speaking of Berger. But uh, all right, let's move on to our optimal lineup review. This week, uh, a little different. 47-7 was the salary for it. Total lineup, 737 points scored. Just totally crazy there. Um, the first time, I think, in a couple of weeks, though, Jeff, which surprises me that it happened here at this course at such a, you know, it was a very strong field for all intents, maybe one of the strongest that they've had in a while. But we saw Cage Lee, Matthew, Neesmith. Maybe it was just a pricing thing that Spieth and Ortiz ended up being so low-priced. But still, seemed like a strong field, the fact that we got under 48000 for the optimal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there were some, it, it, was, it is kind of strange, but at the same time, like there was, you had the chalk flying. Well, I don't even know, chalk, whatever. The the big names flying like Kepka, Shoffley. Yeah. But then you had these guys mixed in like KH Lee, Han and, and Neesmith. And like, it was, it was weird. Um, it looked like we were going to get another just out of the nowhere winner with, with Han or even KH Lee for a bit. And, um, you know, so it was uh it was a it was a fun event for that reason because he had no names mixed in with not no names but you know like lesser names mixed in with the elite players so 
Um, I'm not shocked to see it end like this, but it does kind of feel weird that we had like a, a, an optimal like this just because there were a lot of big names up there. I mean, Scheffler was up there. You know, Usti was up there as well. You would have expected maybe that would have pushed it up closer to 50. But, um, you know, Neesmith, Neesmith and KH Lee were just were kind of birdie machines out there this week. So I'm not I'm not overly shocked to see them up there. Yeah, you got to give it to KH Lee. I mean, that was awesome. The, the James Hunt thing. He played I, well down the stretch, man. KH Lee he, was. He really, really held it together. On yeah. James Hunt's side, you know, I, I was, as I mentioned, I was watching with my pops. He was over and uh, I, I said to him, I'm like, look, James Hahn, he's making all the putts right now, but his, his swing looks loose. I expect at least two water balls on the back nine. And sure <laughs> enough, the two big shots, 13 and 15, the second, uh, the drive on 13 yeah. and the second on 15, just nowhere close actually, which that's it's, uh, too bad. It's a hard back nine to hold the lead on because you got so many nervous shots. Like I remember seeing Benny on fall apart back there. It is a and then you play with Kepka, who's striped and putting it in exactly. every fairway. So exactly, and then you got to play with you know, like I said, maybe one of the most mentally strong players in the game in Kepka. So, not no, you know, no, no fault to James Hahn. He did well just to get himself in there. I don't think anyone thought he was coming out of the pack. So, um, I like James Hahn. Well, we'll get to him when we talk about my lineup. It's actually going to be in a sad, sad respect. But sad uh, respect. Yeah, yeah he. Um, I wasn't overly shocked to see him to see him blow up on the back nine either. Yep. All right, let's go into the top GPP uh, lineup. 654 points for this single entry golfer, gamer. We'll call him gamer golfer. I'm not sure which way you want to go about it, but still, single entry, you just love to see it. Used 49.9, 52%. Found his way to Neesmith. Poston, I totally get. Young Yanan, we talked about. All the other guys are actually pretty obvious plays. Neesmith was the one that really set him apart. 112 points. That's huge coming in at 6,500. And that 6,500 range was a range that I liked. There was Sam Ryder down there, yep. um, even a little bit lower. Uh, Tom Lewis was down there. So you had some guys. He found his way to Neesmith who can get incredibly hot with the irons. One of my articles that I produced, the uh, data-driven analysis article for Osmo, highlighted him as a golfer that has the most starts that he gains over a stroke with his approaches on a percentage basis. So interesting to see Neesmith get it done. Maybe really a GPP target given his upside uh, that we got to keep an eye on. So a great lineup there. Love to see the single entries get it done. Now I want to bring up the top FanDuel lineup. Typically we don't do this, but I had to tell, I had to bring it up because Jeff, it's the first time I've ever seen anything like this before. (laughs) Okay. This lineup had, Sung J.M., Sandra Shoffley, Brooks Kapka. You would think that's pretty obvious. Then it went to John Rahm, which I'm surprised it won with John Rahm. But the last two are what got me. Steve Stricker. Okay, maybe I can get that. But and K.H. Lee? Are you kidding me? <laughs> 0.1 and 0.3% owned? I don't think I've ever seen it before. I don't think any optimizer said that. So I would love to talk to this guy to see how he got to these two. One of two is impressive. Getting to both? I mean, I'm, my mind is blown right now. I mean, did he max out the salary? Uh, I, it doesn't say on FanDuel. Okay. That's the crazy part. I, I would hope so, but that would be my next question. Like, if he didn't, yeah. judging by having Rom and Shoffle with him and Kepka, I'm guessing he did. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. So I, I'm going to guess it was one of those. Got lucky? Like, total let's luck. Let's just click on a couple of min price dudes and let's go from there. If I had to guess, right? Yep. KH Lee, I, I don't even, actually, you know, KH Lee. I actually looked at last week and, and I, I kind of like him as a, as a scrubby punt because when he gets hot, this is what he does. Like he, he has multiple top tens on tour. He's competed in tougher events. 
Dallas Barbie. Do he, he's proven he can do it. I don't know how you land on Steve Stricker. I, I got no clue. So I got nothing oh. for Steve Stricker. I can get behind a little bit of a, a punt play for Cage Lee, absolutely, because I've I've been there before. Like I said, I was even looking at him last week. I just didn't really build any laps like that. But um, pro- like I said, probably was just uh, YOLO. Let's YOLO. Let's <laughs> let's go let's for it. Click on a couple of main price guys. Well, let's see if Alex, our buddy uh, Alex Osmo Baker, found his way to Cage Lee or Steve Stricker this week. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess not, but we're gonna review it anyway. Here, Alex had a great week. 22nd, his best performance in the $15. I didn't check the $55, but I'm sure it was pretty good as well. I saw him up there in the $500 signature hole with a couple of good lineups. John Rom top owned 36%, kind of been his standard now, going in that high 30 range. Webb Simpson, second, Justin Thomas, Andrew Schauffele. Now, if he could have just switched Jason Day to Jordan Spieth last week, I, I, I can imagine he would have shipped a lot of money, uh, but he couldn't, he couldn't avoid Day. It was his only real big miss um, had Rory, had Carlos Ortiz, but also had 22% Brooks Kepka. Got to love that. 15% on the field, a great uh, buy low there. Had Harris English as well. Couldn't find himself away from that, but still pretty good showing. 93 golfers used. 22nd was the top lineup, like I said. Uh, three golfers in the top 10. We switched down to mine. Uh, I had similar. I had Rory up top with some JM, Will Zalatoris, Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas as my top five. Uh, even John Rahm there is my top six. Went well, but... I decided to buy 21% of Cameron Champ instead of 21% of Jordan Spieth, which I'd flip those, obviously. My other big miss was Tom Lewis, and I'm disappointed. Probably my one big miss, Jeff, this week. Again, we had Sam Ryder. We had Matthew Neesmith in that range. Just no need to have 15% of Tom Lewis. Could have easily brought him down to 10 and given two and a half even to Neesmith and to Ryder, and it would have been much better. So that was my one big uh, miss last week. I'm surprised that I had that much of him, to be honest. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it, you know, if you felt strongly about him, look, Lewis is a guy who can get hot too, right? So I, I know we talked about him a little bit last week. I, I definitely don't even hate the play. It's, it's, it is a little bit much. I mean, 15%, but, you know, at least he committed to it. I mean, it's, it's YOLO, right? So um, it's, you get down there, these guys are all, they can get hot one week and get and be another week. So, um, yeah. It, it it's a it was you know obviously hindsight is twenty twenty right but um, good I mean yeah it, it it is unfortunate looking at uh, I know just going back to Alex's like that twenty five percent Jason Day oh, that that really just oh if we had just sprinkled in Spieth with like a couple other players or something that could have been massive but um, yeah um, you, again you know twenty six percent Zalatoris for you. you you hit him over Berger so yep. definitely a, a nice week and obviously you had more Jordan Spieth in the field. Not, yeah. not shocking, but um, yeah, you just you just needed to, I guess, kind of fall on uh, fall on the right uh, value points. I mean, it, it, the other thing was it was such a weird week because we just generally don't see sixty five hundred dollar players be that big a factor, like you said. So right. I don't know. It, it's one of those things you don't want to beat yourself up too much about, but it is hindsight. I was in the same boat, just with a, a slightly different salary player. So. Yep, exactly, and, and we'll go over it. Uh, got one more guy to go over the top GPP player uh, of the week. I always go over how their breakout is, and this one is really, really interesting. Uh, but yeah, I had a, a, a not. It was not a profitable week. Very close. I came in thirty third on Fanduel, and I'll show you that lineup in a bit. Had that got into the top twenty, it would have been a profitable week throughout the board. And on DK, I was seriously like a break even within within one or two lineups of cashing in both the five, the 15 and the 55. So a good player pool, which is great. I I like seeing that, but obviously missing that top percentage 
lineup, that top 20 lineup, it's going to be hard to profit, especially long-term if you don't have those 1% lineups uh, each week. So let's talk about the Wog Show, who came in, I believe, fourth last week in the $15. The reason why I want to bring him up is because he had 6% Brooks Kepka. 6%, but yet found his way into the best Brooks Kepka lineup of <laughs> any mass multi-enter. He had 41% Burger. Then it goes 40% wow. Thomas, Home, 35% Rom. Then Tringale, Burns, and Clark all over 30%, along with Watson, Connors, List, Salatores. Harris English and Sebastian Munoz also in 25% each of his lineups. So we're, we're talking English, Munoz, and Berger totaled 105% of his lineups. Obviously, they were together in a lot of them. Yet he found his way to a lineup without any of them in there and Kepka and Shawflay. It was pretty incredible. Just goes to show you, it does take a little bit of luck to, to play in this game. Absolutely, man. Um, you know, you, you just got to get the right mix. You got to get the right mix. If you, you can get the right player pool, but you still got to get them to fall in the right lineups. Um, pretty, pretty similar to what uh, you and I kind of went through this week. We didn't have them fall in the right spots, but um, so, so what did he finish? He, he, did he win like this player specifically? Did he? Uh, he came in fourth. So in fourth. Uh, sorry, that's what fourth. I, I think it was like 40 grand or 30 grand. So uh, definitely so one lineup. So his one lineup finished top five. Okay. Yeah. That's what I figured happened. I just, yep. uh, I think I missed when he said fourth. So yeah. crazy. I mean, I've been there before when, when you just, uh, when your player pool kind of sucks, quite frankly, but Terrible. you have yep. uh, a little bit of a hedge or uh, some kind of leverage with a guy like Kepka and you just hit the right lineup. I've, I've done it and it saved me. And uh, it's a nice feeling to be honest. And, that's uh, that's that is one of the the, the things though about multi entry. Like, if you do have a, a, a save a little bit of percentage, maybe he wasn't big on Brooks Kepka for whatever 6%, reason. Six percent, yeah. Six. Obviously, he he said, okay, I got to get a little bit of exposure. That's why you're doling out percentages, and sometimes it's not just a hard line. Like, okay, I'm having a zero this guy, hundred percent of this guy. You got to kind of consider it like um, like you're doling out uh, you know investments here. It's not just uh, hard <laughs> lines either way. Exactly. All right, let's go into our own personal lineups here. Um, it, this one that I'm going to show from DK is always my uh, my top dollar lineup, whatever I enter in there. So I went to Rory again. I just thought 10,600 was a good difference between Rom and Xander. And ended up Xander scoring 30 more points than Rory was the difference between this lineup cashing and not cashing. Other than that, it was pretty decent. Sungjae was a good call, I think, in my part of just about a 10x there. Zalatore's Again, he played okay. 84 points is not going to hurt you in, in almost every single week. BH on, he was fine. Wyndham Clark, way over a 10x value. So, obviously, the Doc Redman miscut on the number, leading the field and strokes gain on approach through those two rounds is, is definitely hard to take. Hard to pill to swallow because it obviously cashes um, if he makes the cut. But still, I, I can't be that mad about the board because I, I missed up top again. And when you miss up top, you're not going to cash. It's just that's when a... When somebody like Xander goes out and puts up 120 points and you pick Rory or Rom for that matter, you just it's it's gonna be really hard to cash. You're allocating so much of your salary to him. So that was uh my DK and uh Jordan, I'll go quickly if you don't mind. Sorry, buddy. Uh in my fan duel. This was my top GPP lineup I created last week. It came in 33rd. Um, not bad. Found its way to Kepka, found its way to Speeth as well. Jeff, I got to be honest, I'm so surprised that this lineup didn't end up in the top 10. I had, you know, five guys over 100 points with a 4% owned winner, a 2% owned top five guy. Just goes to show you, this game is pretty tough that, that this lineup finished 33rd. Yeah, I guess I guess it just kind of came down to, again, 
some of those lower price players just paying off with more birdies and, and yep. pure like bonuses or DFS points or whatever. Right. So it does, it does suck. Cause it's uh it's, it's a great looking lineup. Just looking at it, man. I mean, Rory had the big sun, Rory and Sungjae. This one really must've moved on Sunday too. That's the other thing. Yep. So yeah, you needed. Uh, and if it's if it's Rory Xander here, it's a top five lineup, which obviously makes it a profitable it week is, throughout the it board. Is, absolutely, so. yeah. And it's uh, different. Yeah, I mean, it 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 sucks to say because like Ryder ended up being an okay play, but yeah, he just he's got scored so much by the guys in his range, like like Neesmith and those other dudes. Yeah. It, it was it was it was kind of tough to take from that week, but um, that, that that's uh, kind of the week it was. You you really needed to nail one of those uh, lower priced dudes who who went off. So in turn, obviously in. in also needed Kepka and stuff like that, but um, absolutely good line, wow. nonetheless, man. Definitely at least got some something out of the uh, the very low in Jordan Spieth, which I suspect we won't see for at least a few weeks. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe with his price, we'll get a little bit of it this week. Uh, well, before we go into your lineup, which man, speaking of of one guy off, you were at that this week. Yeah. Oh, so close. But you're going to be able to tell most of the people. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, here, where are you going to be going this week? If they want to follow the hot streak, of course, with part of our Osmo Plus membership. But if you're not already a member, let me tell you, we've got the NBA big board and the NHL player rankings for free today. So check those out. Now that NHL, now with NFL gone, it's got some pretty good GPP contests up there. I know my buddy Jake Harry will be certainly happy to see that. They're going up. I know they're not great yet, but certainly getting better. Now, if you're ready to join us, get access to all the great Osmo Plus tools and content for nearly every DFS sport out there with an Osmo Plus weekly pass for $29.95. This includes access to all the premium content and tools we've got on Osmo.com, including the player projections, ownership projections, and, of course, our premium Slack channel, which, uh, of course, Jeff and I are running through on a daily basis there. Answering questions, lineup questions, whatever you've got, we'll answer for you. And, of course, if you're only looking to play PGA this week, then come join us, $8.95 for the base package. And, of course, if you're just looking for the Express, those are going to start at $3.95. So stop guessing and start winning like you did last week with this lineup. What a great lineup having Sung Jam, Louis Ustase, and you and I were like, hey, listen, it's going to be under 5% owned and you like them. Don't worry about price. Then he threw in Kepka, Henley, Homa, and just maybe a little bit of love for Charles Schwartzel <laughs> going to bite you here this week, uh, Jeff. Still a good cashing lineup. I'm guessing by the looks of it, a two, three, maybe even a four X, depending on the contest. Yeah, it was, uh, this one was in the 55 there. I think it just got cut off there at the top, but um, yeah, definitely cashed up there. I think it was in like 270 in the big 55. But um, the thing that held me back was, and I mentioned James Hahn. I know when we were talking about values uh, last week, um, but I, I ultimately sided with Schwartzel, who was uh, coming off a really nice ball striking week. My three guys in this range that I really use were Ryder, Stanley, and Schwartzel, and I kind of cut Han out at the end. And man, like Han scored like eighty more points than Schwartzel. I would have been—I think I would have finished sixth, sixth or seventh or something in this event if I had just made that switch. So it was so close to being uh, him dipping in here. Even with a Stanley um, or a Ryder in there, it would have been uh, a little bit better. But Schwar- uh, Han, excuse me, really would have 
pull me up there in the top 10. So yeah, nice week. Uh, I, you know, Brooks Kepko is a guy I just, I just had to 90. I, he's just too cheap. Like I just couldn't not go overweight on the field. So I mixed him in Louie. I didn't even have to go much overweight. You know, I just sprinkled him in was, was easily double the field. And uh, Ian, I already talked about, I really liked him over Berger. Uh, Hanley was a dude. I, I just, you know, again, wasn't trending with a ton of ownership. Uh, we know he can get hot with the irons. I, I like the price. I thought he was a little bit uh, undervalued. And I really like Max Toma last week. Didn't really come through for me on the weekend, but, you know, made the cut, which is better than Schwartzel. So I'm not going to say anything. So, yeah, I mean, even if you went to Stanley, like you said, it, it yeah, would have been better. Was- and it ended up being a little bit of a putting contest uh, last week for the most part. And Kepka, he putted great. Um, so interesting to see when Louis Ustazen gets that putter rolling, man, he can rack up those He's confident part. on the greens right now. I'm not going to lie. I, I I'll go on the limb and say, like, I, I think a win might actually be coming for Louis pretty soon. He looks really comfortable yeah. over the ball. He's got to get, obviously, the ball strike. He faded a bit on Sunday. Looked like a little bit of fatigue there on the back nine, but... He's, I think he's getting close, people. So I, I would stay on Louie here for the time being. He'll probably miss a couple cuts in a row now that I've said this. But I'm uh, well, I'm going to stay on him for the last, next little bit. Yeah, luckily, you won't have to deal with that this week. As no, we won't have to deal with it this week. <laughs> as we transition into yet another fun tournament. Not as strong a field. Only one golfer actually in the top 10 playing here this week. Patrick Cantley is ranked number 11, though. I'm feeling after this week. Maybe a win or a second place that's going to get him back into the top 10. But Dustin Johnson, the only golfer ranked inside the top 10, coming here to play the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am here this week. Played only two courses now. Typically, we get three. One of the courses is much easier. Um, If I'm saying it correctly, I believe it's Monterey Peninsula um, that we're not going to correct this year. Yes. Yep. Spyglass Hill is uh, par 72, 7,000 yards. And, of course, Pebble, a par 72, 6,800 yards. Thing I wanted to bring up with you, uh, Jeff. Actually, Spyglass Hill played much tougher in the similarly predicted weather that we're going to get, which is cold, windy, and rainy. So, it, it played about a quarter of a shot to a half a shot better. Is that enough for you to be like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to stack Spyglass Hill Pebble rotation because that's what all the good players are going to be on, anyways. Because that's for TV purposes, of course. Do you think you're going to lean that way anyway, or is that something you'd actually lean given? this and what we saw last year Mm, i don't know i haven't you know like the the weather is going to be cold and it looks like it's going to be pretty tough i i'm not sure like i haven't made any decisions obviously we got to get tea times out and stuff but you know with with only two courses in play i'm not sure how how big a deal it's going to be yet um the the rotation i mean spyglass hill plays tougher it's a little bit more wind protected so you know, I, I will probably try and lean towards, um, you know, just seeing uh, if there's going to be a little bit more wind on one of the two days and maybe trying to target the spyglass golfers on that day. Cause I think I'd rather have my golfers on, on, on spyglass than, uh, than pebble, but I don't know. Both of these courses played pretty close in terms of toughness last year. Pebble was a little bit easier. Um, you know, the two courses in play, I think we'll make it a little less, you know, we won't get as big a difference between the waves and which course your guys are on uh, with the two courses. So, Yep. It's definitely something I'm going to look at. And we do have some some precedent, obviously, with the Amex using uh, two courses as well recently. But for right now, I'm I'm kind of just going to wait and see where the two tee times go and how the weather goes out. But I, I definitely may end up, uh, you know, doing some some stack lineups with, uh, you know, with trying to target guys who are, again, calmer day, I want them on Pebble, windier day, I want them on Spyglass and see how that works out. For sure. And um, 
if we if we want to focus on Pebble for just a second, where we're going to get three or four rounds, 67% of the greens, even though they're super small, like 3,500 square feet uh, on the average, 66% fairways, but a lot of club downs off the tees. We know that obviously from the U.S. Open, uh, 270 yards was basically the average drive. So definitely distance not in play this week. Yeah. Of course, that second hole is going to play as a par five, as it always does for the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Goes from the easiest hole during this tournament to the hardest hole at the U.S. Open. Just funny how they play that. It's, it's just weird how to a score to par works. But for DFS purposes, a lot of the points will be coming obviously from that second hole. So, all right, let's talk about a couple of golfers here on our first clicks section. And we know that course history certainly has uh, some type of relevance here. But last year we had a Nick Taylor winner who basically had none. So that doesn't mean it's the end all be all. Some people certainly uh, would suggest that it is more so prevalent here than any other, especially when we look at one of the first clicks I want to talk about. Not my first click. I am out. But one of the first clicks I want to talk about is Jason Day. He was, came out at 50 to 1 price to DraftKings. And before maybe like the 10th or 20th person could go put the bet in, he was down to 33 to 1 just that quickly. Maybe playing off of the, hey, listen, Kepka just missed three straight cuts in one. Well, the difference between Kepka and Day, I feel like Day is still hurt. I think Kepka's done being hurt. So mm-hmm. that's my take there quickly. Were you able to click day at 50 to one? Are you clicking him at 51 if his price goes back there? So <laughs> I can't bet on DraftKings Seven Canada. So, I mean, I, yeah. I couldn't take advantage of if I wanted to, but I, I, I'm betting Jason Day this week at uh, okay. 33 to one. I, I, yep. yeah, I think that's enough. I, I really do. Um, dude gained strokes on his approaches and in each of the first two rounds last week, it wasn't a ball striking issue with Jason day. It was, it was a putting issue and he's never played well at, at Phoenix. Like he, he really never has. I think it's his fourth time there. He's got like a career best of T60. So I'm willing to say that was a, that was a course thing. Um, he's got a couple starts under his belt. Now I, I looked, there was only five starts ago. The dude was in the final group at Houston. You know, like it wasn't that long ago. I I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Giving him a chance here. I, I really like this venue for Jason day. If he was coming off a made cut, you probably see like in the twenties, you know, he'd be, he'd be where Spieth is plus 2,500 or whatever. Yep. Um, I'm okay with it, man. I'm, I'm getting on Jason day this week. I'm going to give him the benefit. I think that, uh, that he, he comes alive this week. I really do. I think the approaches are there. I think he's got a couple starts. I haven't heard anything bad injury wise. Maybe you could be right. You could be right. He's, he's dealing with something. It could get nasty. I'm not, I'm not saying this, this play has, doesn't have a lot of risk attached to it, but this is a dude who's been top five here in five of the last six years. And you're getting 30 to one. And like I said, it was only five starts ago. He was in the final rounds, uh, final group at a, in a, in a PGA event. So I'm, I'm on Jason day. Uh, I really like that price this week. In 2016, he came 11th. So it's not like uh, the other. Oh, yeah, it's not like the other one was year. a bad year. <laughs> it was he came 11th, which, you know, given Jason Day's ability to to putt and probably score, probably would be a decent return at, I think he's 9,500 on DraftKings this week. We're not quite there yet, but uh, I'll make sure I get the price correct when we do go. Yeah, here's the thing. I, I'm very actually um, uh, happy or um, excited to see the fact that his ball striking was much better last week. You know, gained 1.26 with the approaches on average. So that's almost two and a half strokes. That's really good for him. Good to see. Nothing off the tee yet. So maybe a little worried there, but not maybe not as worried here at Pebble and Spyglass because yeah. he knows the course so well that he'll know where to miss. He's going through a swing change to try and help prolong his career that's the bottom line whenever you go through that there's a there's definitely a learning curve there 
We saw it with Tiger Woods. He went through the exact same thing. We saw Tiger Woods get back to obviously the best form. Maybe not the best form he's ever been in, but certainly winning the 2000, uh, winning the Masters a couple of years ago, um, 2019 Masters was uh, probably some of the best golf he's ever played given the field strength. So uh, in any case, I do believe Day will come back given the fact that we see it in his stats already. Is this the week for him? Well, if there's any week, it will be this one. Mm-hmm. However, do we want to play him over somebody who maybe doesn't have as many top fives, but he's got a win here coming off a top five. And yes, I am talking about Jordan Speed. Don't we put these guys at similar parallels in their game right now? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. I mean, both of them, uh, and, and look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not discluding Spieth by talking about day. Trust me. Yeah. I'm interested in both these guys. I'm interested in Molinari too, who I'm sure we'll get to. Yep. I think, I think it sets up as, as really interesting events for all three of them. I think, and it's so strange where all three of them are at coming into this event. Right. I mean, day hasn't shown the recent form that Molinari and Spieth has, but we have seen him compete, like I said, recently. So it's there. I mean, all three of these guys are are showing signs that like, you know, th- this could be the week. This is a good setup for all of them too. I mean, I think, I think it's a fantastic setup for Molinari who's been really sharp in his approach game and around the green lately. Uh, we know what Spieth did last week, lighting it up. You know, he's, he, Spieth isn't going to be as disadvantaged off the tee here. I, I just think this is a good setup that meshes well with all three of these guys. None of them are, are dominant off the tee right now. They don't have to be here though. They can, they're all trending well with their approaches. They can all get around the greens. Great. And if their putter gets hot, like look out. So, so I think one of these three guys are, 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 has a really good shot of winning this week. And it would not shock me if, if the winner came from Molinari speed or day. I think, I think it's very interesting to, to group those three together because they're three guys that given, if we were talking about this three months ago, we'd all be like, what? We, yeah. These, these are the three for our like picks. Cross the win? off, cross off, cross, cross off. Right. Like, you know, another guy that I want to add to this, he was my first click at 20 to one. Okay, because I can't bet DJ four to one. I just I can't bet a golf tournament uh, for a winner four to one. I, I, no. I've I've no handicapped way. or I've <laughs> been a part of enough of these to say and, I can't. And do. not this event, Jason, with two courses in play, with crappy weather, with Dustin coming off of Saudi. There's no chance. I don't care if Jason. I don't even if Dustin Johnson wins. You should just give the money back because it's a bad bet. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but <laughs> no, seriously, no, I, I, it's not for me, though. anyways. <laughs> no, I I totally agree. I think a guy that has shown that he is back in form, though, and a guy that just won in the European Tour two weeks ago, probably flew in the jet with DJ. Honestly, for all intents, I'm sure he probably did because he's one of the few golfers that came over here. Is Paul Casey lost in a playoff to Phil Mickelson two years ago here at 20 to one? He was my first click. I thought it was pretty good value given the fact we just saw this guy win two weeks ago. I I agree it's 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 like pretty tempting i mean i think casey's getting a little bit discounted here just because like he doesn't win at at a good rate but what do we have against paul casey i mean he had a fantastic start at the amex the irons were lit there um obviously won in in his start after that and you know as much as i love cantlay i I gotta go to casey first yeah i double exactly right like these guys have a pretty similar win rate over the last couple years too i mean cantlay we love cantlay but it's not like he's been lighting it up with like three wins a year or anything i think that that stretch could be coming for cantlay but the better values with casey here for sure who's got a ton of great hit loves pebble beach um yeah i i wouldn't put anyone off it uh like i said i'm probably going to target those guys above them take and take shots with at least a two of molinari and spieth and day but um I think Casey is, is playing better 
than those guys right now. So it wouldn't shock me to see him grab another win here. Yep. Um, I got uh, Casey was my first click. I took one of the three day Spieth Molinari. I think they're all kind of equal. I, of course, I'm always going to click Spieth first just because yeah, of my fandom. But both of those other guys are in there. As we move down the board, a name that kind of stuck out to me at he was 80 to one now down a little bit to 70 to one on DraftKings. I'm looking. But of course, if you're looking for not just on DraftKings, but for the best available odds, make sure you check out our odds shopper tool. Of course, yeah, don't make a bet without checking it out. Betting lines can change by the minute, as we've already discussed here, and can vary greatly depending on which book you are using. So that's why it's important to use our Osmo Odd Shopper tool to find the best line available on the golfer you are betting and give you that edge you need to beat the house. Head on over to oddsshopper.osmo.com where we compile the best bets available for every golfer updated in real time. Sign up for free today to track your bets and receive line movements. One of the line movements I already just mentioned was Brian Harmon. Okay. Was coming in at 80, now down to 70 to 1. Hasn't played here since 2014, so we would have to throw the course history angle, throw that right out of it because it missed the cut. But here's a guy that's gotten really hot with his approaches recently. We know how good he is on and around the green. 70 to 1 in this uh, tournament I felt like was pretty good value. We've seen the winner kind of come from a guy that's pretty good with his wedges these last couple of years. So he was a click down there for me as well as Bat Jones. Those were my two click in that range. Definitely like the the Brian Hartman call. That dude can, that dude can scramble with the best of them. He he'll sink putts. Really mentally strong too. And I think in like a, a bad weather event, that's that's the type of dude I, I would not be shocked to see come out of here um, with a W. So love the Harmon value there. I think that's a really good call. Um, you know, I, I, again, I like I like these guys like Sam Burns. And uh, and even Wyndham Clark, they're good young players. But I just don't know if I want to take them here on this kind of like veterany course with poor weather. I, I think I would rather go to a guy like Harmon this week. I was looking at Alex Noren for a similar kind of play, but I, I might even add Brian Harmon there because I agree. Um, you know, similar type of players. I already bet Har- Ar- Norman or Noren, but uh, I'll probably uh, I'll probably add Harmon there because that's ultimately the type of player I want to uh, to target. I know one other player in that range I'll throw quickly, Peter Malnati. Yeah. I'm finally on the I'm finally on Jason. I'm riding Peter Malnati till the wheels fall off here cuz I'm so sick of watching this guy sink every putt and grind his way to like a T15 every week at like insanely low prices. So, let's go Peter Malnati time. Peter Malnati time 5 to 1 on the top 10. I mean, the guy looks like he's doing that every week. Yeah, Matt Jones was the other guy. I mentioned two top 10s here in the last 4 or 5 years and seems like he's in pretty good form four straight made cuts. So, we get a little bit of uptick and a little bit of course history knowledge going in there. I like that as well. I think a lot of people might be uh, clicking Kevin Streelman's name. He's talked about how much he loves this course as well. So I don't think that's a terrible bet at 55 to one. Now, how about your one bomb? Um, I'm going to throw Andy Ogletree's name out there only because yep. I think this is a much better spot than farmers, which I think I mentioned on the farmer's show with you. I said, Hey, we're going to get him. I think in a couple of weeks, this seems like a better spot His driving accuracy is terrible, but he won't be hitting driver off the tee that much. So I think it was like, uh, I think I saw eight to one on the top 20. I like that as my first click. He's not he's not like a pure bomber, is he? Ogletree. No, you no, for, yeah, that's right. Back. Okay. I Wanted think to make sure I had the in strokes gain putting in, in on the tour right now in like the six measured rounds or something. Perfect. Yeah. Wanted to make sure we I had the right profile in mind of, of what type of game he was bringing. But yeah, that that sounds about right. So um I like it. I mean, again, yeah, let's go deep here. I, I was gonna throw like Michael Thompson, but we can do better than that. What's Sung Yell No at around plus okay. plus twenty five thousand? 
Really nice short game. Uh, he's play, he's a veteran. He's played uh, Pebble multiple times. He's got some good results here. He's trending okay. Uh, you know, he's making a couple cuts. Uh, this is, you know, a, a quality player at, at one point. You know, PGA winner who uh, obviously grinding back after military service. But this this could be the type of event where you just see it, – it, it's not it, – it's not that it could be. We know it is. We've seen Ted Potter win here and and Vaughn Taylor, right, at, at huge odds, and even Nick Taylor last year. So um, especially if the weather gets in, you know, a guy like No could just scramble his, his face off and uh, and do something crazy. So I, I like the way he's kind of trending just for uh, possibly to pop this week. I'm such a sucker for Akshay Batia bets. He's 33 to 1 to 10 <laughs> this week, so I'll probably yeah, lose I some money this, on that one, man. <sighs> I don't want to talk you off these guys because I know they're such good players, but this probably wouldn't be where I would do it. I'd probably wait till, I don't know, maybe the weaker field, even a weaker field than yeah. this. I mean, given the DJ, pretty weak field. Yeah, it is the course rotation and it's pebble. It's a little bit tricky, but I don't know. Yeah, I've, I want to bet these guys every week too. I, I really I do. do. They're, 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 he's so talented, right? But I'm just gonna stay on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna I think we're a little ways away. Granted, we've seen him top probably. ten, but at, at an easy track. I don't know that I would consider. Limit yourself easy. to one. Take Ogletree this week. You can take Patia next time, Jason. Okay. Well, that's the thing, right? We're, we know that we're gonna get tough weather, so that likely means these courses are gonna rank in the top ten hardest as they did last year. And I just don't think that's the right spot for a 19 year old. I think at an easy course like we got at the Safeway out and you know whatever that is out in the Safeway. That seems more of the appropriate spot for him. So, all right, let's go into uh, some DraftKings uh, RDFS preview. We've got seven minutes left. If we've got our hockey show coming up live at three o'clock just after us. And then, of course, we've got NBA, a full slate of programming coming up, uh, obviously, with NFL going off. There's a little boost to all of these across the DFS sites. I love that. Of course, the offerings for uh, our tournament that we got coming up, the AT&T Pebble, we've got, I think, three at least getting 100K. The $200 single entry is now up to 50K to first. So, Jeff, just a really good offering, um, which not a surprise with football ending. But Dustin Johnson at 12,000, that's not a surprise. Patrick Cantlay above 11, not a surprise. In fact, the top six golfers I thought are perfectly priced. And, in fact, in my course and player preview that I put out before pricing comes out, I got Jordan Spieth exactly right at 9,700. So maybe I have the inside info. Um, I don't. Um, Just letting you know it was a lucky guess. What do you make of the top six prices this week? Yeah. Um, I think the only one that kind of surprised me a little bit when I looked at it was, was actually Zal Torres. I didn't think they'd give him that much of a bump. I really thought we'd get like one more cheap week of him, like in the, in the low nine K range, like he'd, he'd be around, uh, you know, around where Molinari is. I, I just didn't think he'd get that kind of respect. Uh, I think he deserves it. I think that's probably appropriate pricing and I like it because it's tight pricing. It means, it means people can't just pile on him and we get like a 25% on Will Zalatoris. So I, I like the pricing, but I, I'm surprised that that's where he, he got put. So uh, I think it really, I think it's good pricing. I, I think it's good. I think DJ should probably even be a couple hundred dollars more, but that's fine. 12K <laughs> at least. I wanted to see 12K. That's yep, perfect. Cantlay's up there too. You can't just pile on Cantlay. Um, Casey and Berger make for interesting pivots. Do you want to pay up for a 10K Paul Casey? He often doesn't. I'm just going to warn you, Paul Casey, I, I do like him, but... He often doesn't pay off when he gets pay off when he gets up to over 10k. I, I, I don't even remember the last time Paul Casey paid off as a favor like this. So uh, the Valspar when he defended, I think he was like 96. That's true. That okay, week. that's a good. Point. That was it. That was it that's though. It. Honestly, and, yeah. And again, yeah. Um, maybe a better outright bet. You can sprinkle some money, but anyways, yep. that, that's for like later in the week. The guys can talk about that. But uh, 
Um, yeah, I think where it gets really interesting is who do you want? Day, Spieth, Molinari, even Siwoo in that range. Are you just going to pile in all those guys or, or you, you got to pick and choose? Cause um, you know, it, it's really, it's going to be interesting to see how those guys project out. Um, and, and again, to your point, again, you know, we got the tools at this at Osimo. It, it really does help. Uh, I know if you had been using them last week, uh, Ortiz was up there popping in the model, probably why Alex had them. So yep, definitely check well. those out, guys. It can help you with these decisions. But as far as the pricing goes, I think that the real interesting range is, is starts with Willie Z and then goes under. How do you differentiate between Day, Molly, and uh, and Day? Or Day, Molly, and uh, Speed. And, and, and then you can see Wu Kim out there who, yes. right, just won a couple of weeks ago, but looked exactly. much better last week. Seems like he's definitely in form. It is. The pricing this week and the strength of field will definitely dictate me utilizing and leaning on those projections from Osmo this week. Because when you look and you've got guys like Kyle Stanley, Charlie Hoffman, and Joel Damon at 74, 7,500, even Andrew Putnam, it, it's not as easy as just going, all right, I'm going to click DJ, click Cantlay, and uh, just click Optimize. I don't think it's going to be that easy this week, given the fact that those two golfers, if you plug them in, you're averaging at 6,600 or below for your remaining four guys. Yep. And if you want to throw in Wilkinson, Gay, and Herman as your other three or four, sure. It's just I don't think it'll be the strategy to win this week. So I, at all intents, it's going to be a little tougher. So let's go quickly um, through. We've got like three minutes left. So let's give our top pick uh, between nine and 8,000. Uh, Cameron Davis is there. We've got Phil Mickelson, obviously. He made the cut last week in Saudi Arabia. But maybe Max Homa is who's going to garner the ownership. And given the such that he's made three straight cuts, he seems to be playing pretty well. Uh, but the guy I think I'd go to is the guy you and I talked about. Brian Harmon is my first click in this range. I like Brian Harmon a lot after talking about him. I think him and Norton are really close. I'll lean Alex Norton just because I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just like a Euro tour fan, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, we, I, I like the way he opened at uh, at the farmers. Uh, I think he showed some, um, I think this, I think this pebble suits him a little bit more than uh, Tory Pines as well, a little shorter. So I think those two guys, I, I would rank Harmon and, and Norrin very close together. Holmes probably rates out as the best play. Absolutely. But you know, you factor in ownership a little, I like pivoting to Norrin and Harmon in this range. Yeah. Uh, Neesmith and Han not messing around with their price this week over 8,000 as well. Yeah. Okay. So below 8,000. So our top, let's call it the seven K range. Again, this is quickly stuff that we've looked at. You got defending champion, Nick Taylor there. You got Doug Gim, who seems like, you know, he plays pretty darn well in uh, California. Um, yeah, yeah, actually plays really well in California. That's just what he does. Uh, you look at the Safeway, top five, Farmers Insurance, you know, tied for 37th, but he put up 21 birdies. I think I'm going to go back to Doug Ginn this week again. The only argument I have against Doug Ginn is if the weather gets bad and everyone starts missing greens a little bit, he, he don't have the short game. Okay. You don't have the short game to make up for it. So that's the only thing though. And I don't know how much you should be worrying about that. Cause this is still going to be a pretty easy setup. Yeah. He's still going to hit more greens than most people. So I do like Doug Gim. I'm going to say Kyle Stanley for me though. I'm going to lean Stanley. His short game has been trending really well. He hasn't made any putts, but he's only got to make putts for like a couple rounds here. So um, to make up for it, cause his approach game is really fire right now. Like I said, the around the green game has been really good too. So I think I think Kyle Stanley could be in for like a, a really kind of topish kind of week. I like that. Uh, kind of looking at Roy. I might take a look at Roy Sabatini again. Just I like the veterans here, um, guys who can get around the green and strike the irons a little bit. I think Sabatini falls in there. So those are kind of two guys. Definitely going to think about Dick Gim though as well. Like we said before, the guy makes birdies. That's generally what you need to win it. 
GPG idea of this. So sure is. Uh, now below seven thousand, looks like we got about thirty to sixty seconds left. So you don't have to tell me why. You just got to tell me who. I got nothing under six k and under seven no, k. It's really tough right go. now. You go. Oh man, I mean Davis Riley didn't look that good last week, so I think he'll be a little bit popular. But he didn't look good enough for me to want to roster him. Jeez, honestly, man, I would rather just... It's thin. It's weird. We haven't had a weaker feel like this in a while, so... Digging into this below 7K range is going to take a little bit, probably, for me to look at the guys, but I guess my, you know, my lean would be something even like Ogletree at 6,600, but I think that's too expensive for him, so, yeah, probably just Ogletree. I'm going to throw Peter Uline as just, like, a really random... Mr. Titleist himself, or heir to the Titleist throne, I should He's a good scrambler, Uline. We haven't seen him in a while. I'm going to throw it Uline... This is this is the event where where people like that just pop up, but I, I got no like heavy lean under seven k right now. Well, it's understandable as the AT and T Pebble Beach Pro Am, a strong uh, I shouldn't say strong field, a lot of players, hundred and fifty six players with not a lot of the top players. We are going to get a lot of questions, so keep on track for the NFL or keep on tune for the NHL show coming up right after us. We will see you next week. For the uh, Genesis. Oh, it looks like I got a super chat before I get out of here. Kevin Stadler, <laughs> do it for the cause. We had Bobo right. and Pelt the cut last, make the cut last week. So let's get Kevin Stads through. That'll do it for us here. We'll see you next week for the Genesis Open in Los Angeles. Cheers, everybody. <laughs> gotta get it in. Gotta get it. We get our weekly Kevin Stadler fan. Love it. Why do they just, why do people love it? They just love Kevin Stadler.